Hello and good evening, Cosmic Explorers. Welcome to Friday Night. I'm your co-creator, Hillis Pugh, along with our amazing guest co-host. Megan Del Priora. Hello, family. Hello, Hillis. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I, I didn't set that up right at all. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. And actually, I, I love the way, because when I was saying my last name, I was I have this thing today. This is the patron saint of Italy. And like it, I, I learned a lot about my last name today, Della Priora. So I love the opportunity to put that out there myself today. <laughs> I, know you, <laughs> I love your last name. It's such a pretty and authoritative last name. I it's beautiful. It. Apparently, you know, Priory. Uh, I, I went a little, I followed some threads today and um, we wind up at Prioress, which is like one of, the head nuns, uh, which I didn't know, which is pretty interesting. I love that. I love that. Love that. Love that. Yeah. It's, you know, when we have stories about our names, you know, there's always a story with it. And, you know, people often ask me, you know, what does my name mean? I'm like, <laughs> you know, because Hillis is Hillis. You know, there's no, but my last name, Pew, is a Welsh name so you know duh i'm part irish anyway so <laughs> yeah do you know what the what the word means Pew? the word itself no i don't i haven't dug that deep yet yeah. but i just go back to what my soul wanted was like we like that name yeah for you here because you can only be you probably to be the only one with that name on the planet so anyone who needs to find you can just find you. <laughs> I mean, how easy is that to be super unique and to be a Hillis instead of a, like a Michael or a Steve or a Jack, you know? It's the ultimate cosmic bat call. Exactly, exactly, to, to step into your vibration. But what I want us to jump into, because I'm really excited for tonight, which is a continuation of the conversation from last week. And if you guys missed it, go back and watch it. So this way, there's there's no recaps in this one. <laughs> nope. Catch your point your own. We'll see you. Yep, exactly. And so what I find fascinating is that you and I, we both watched this video. And it talks about, you know, how people are on their spiritual journey and how they are on their spiritual path and how sometimes they feel like they could be left behind or being caught up in the energy of the trends. And part of that energy of the trends, especially now since it's getting momentum and starting to become legalized, is psilocybin. And part of that being caught up in the trends is knowing what's best for you. And how do you think, because I know you've spent the last you know few years really entrenched in that. So what is it that you've seen or witnessed that is helpful for one person or can be uh, harmful for someone else who's on their path of stepping into these this energy of trends? Ooh, God, that's such a big question because, right, like, um, I guess the, the first thing that comes to mind is that it seems for some people stepping in and and really personalizing things or or trying to do this game of 
new traditions, new lineage type mood. It seems to work well for them. Mm-hmm. For other people, the tradition and grounding, you know, the supportive nature and grounding nature of tradition seems to work really well. So like mm-hmm. some people might might fare a little better with some of the the trendy type things or trending and for others that that creates almost like this very static experience in their spirituality where where it's it's tugging a lot or or a lot of the trends tend to i find really amplify amplify this like vata airy astral when many people need like the other grounding earth-based sort of magic of it all so that's like the first thing that comes to mind but you could say that about any of the trends breath work Mm. might work really well over here but for this person right now is not necessarily the best way for them to be touching their spirit yeah no i get that i really appreciate that because you know we have also to a lot of practitioners who are in this space of the trends. It's like, well, you know, for me to get more clients, I gotta do breath work, or for me to get more clients, I gotta be this Reiki master, or for me to do, so it's like, they are trying to step into what everyone else is doing so that way they can have their validation. And I think that's what a lot of this comes from too, is for people who are on their path to, to have validation that what they're doing is right. But ultimately, you know, I think they have to really tune in to really figure out what's right for them, you know, because I know that personally speaking, that I really haven't been on trend. I've always done my own whatever way, what a path, whatever it led me to, because, you know, for those who are fans of the show, I haven't, you know, 20 plus years ago, I didn't think I was going to be where I am today. I mean, I don't think anyone who was ever on a path to be a healer, you know, because by now I thought I was going to be some sort of famous poet, to be honest. (laughs) You know, but I, you know, there have been other plans. You know, granted, I still love to write poetry and and it sings to me in a different way, but the purpose of what I do is brings much, it's a different kind of joy to uh, allow for that transformation of others. And I know that you too have been on this path too of, of really understanding what it is that's best for you to be of service. Yeah, uh, yes, absolutely. And where I am now in my journey or how I even, how I view myself on this path, like I, I don't, view myself as a healer, although I hear that enough. I view myself as an oracle, as a seer. Like I don't do anything but read divine information and bring it to people so that they can they can do what they will with it. Um, and that's very different than when I started. Like where I am now in this path, my abilities, how I show up is is completely different than what I thought it would be when it first started. And so there's an enormous amount of space 
And I think that being loose in these things is really important as well. We often hear people come in and I'm called to serve. I was told to serve. And what I usually say is like, well, follow your path because it's probably going to shift. And as your abilities and, you know, the unique cosmic and genetic and cellular imprint of your spirit and your soul is going to emerge as you do the blooming and the blossoming of the lotus there. And, and it's going to change what you think. And oh, yeah. yeah, like who you think you are, what you think you are is all going to morph and shift. And so not being too rigid in, in what we want to see happen or even being too rigid, right? You said validation, like who in who we want to validate. Ultimately, that's a dangerous game to play because yes, validation is is beautiful. It means so much to me when my combo teacher tells me that she sees me and also, um, who are we validating? Are we validating self? Are we validating ego? Are we validating our heart? Are we validating the the divine? The there's there's yeah. room for that question. I know. You know what's what's fascinating with all of this is that in the space of trends, it creates this this uh, in between space of separation. You know of okay, well, you know, if I do this, I'm going to become super enlightened. And if I do this, I'm going to become one with my soul. If I do this, it's going to be the ultimate thing that I need to break through. And some and, and people do this, and sometimes when they experience it, it's almost like a letdown because they have this great expectation of that didn't happen. Why didn't it happen for me? And so yeah, because it may have not been right for you. Well, I think that's part of the danger with trendiness, particularly within the the 3D sphere of spirituality, is that um, our spirits and our spirituality is, I think, or I speculate, supposed to be eternal. And trends are not eternal. And so immediately there's separation there. And so how can that not come forward as you bring a message that's rooted in an algorithm sometimes? Sometimes people are only throwing rose retreats because the algorithm likes it right now and because a bunch <laughs> of people like it right now, right? But like that's not a reflection possibly of your work, your magic, your true force. Yeah, I like that you said that because, you know, on social media, I kid you not, I have at least once a day, and I'm not on social media that much, so that just goes to tell you how the, the algorithm of the world works. I see at least three posts and or sponsored ads about Sananga. And before that, it was the rap pay. And I'm like, why am I seeing all these ads about Sananga? And, you know, it almost breaks my heart a little bit because I, I'm not, you know, saying that there's nothing wrong with the promotion of it. I'm not saying that there's nothing wrong of, it, of the uh, being exposed to it. But what I'm identifying with is that the meaning of it to understand the true history of it because with medicine in general especially when it comes to plant medicine that is revered that is honored 
in that is in ceremony or sacred space, there's always a history of it. There's a lesson that comes with it. And the reason why the Mayans, the ancestors, the Toltecs, everyone has taken these sacraments, these medicines. And so, and, and, and since we're talking about Sananga, Sananga wasn't really, in, in, in some settings, wasn't typically used as a medicine. It was used for them to hunt, to see. And so then there were moments of when, in the moments of ceremonial rites of passage, yes, it was used in ceremonial rites of passage, but it was more frequently used as a, as a medicine to assist them for their survival. Yeah. You know, so there's all these aspects, of, and I know you have a lot more uh, wisdom about that. <laughs> um, well, yeah, and so combo, same same with combo, right? Like, yes, combo yeah. has um, physical benefits, and combo is used for what they call panema, dark, dense, and negative energies, but combo is a hunter's medicine. It increases right. your stamina. It balances your love your appetite and so when they were out hunting they were able to eat less it masks your body smell there, there are these survival origins like you're talking about and um maybe sometimes when we leave out some of those origins whether it be sananga whether it be rape whether it be combo maybe we're we're missing a piece of the lesson that can come in working with them how do i what's where am i missing the sight the vision of war a warrior on a hunt what am i hunting mm -hmm. for in life right now right there's mm -hmm. a little key that can even empower the way we work with that so when the algorithm of instagram just all of a sudden starts putting sananga on everybody's radar and maybe they're not held properly in the space or even being imbued with the information that could help them pinpoint um, an intention with working for it, with it, maybe we maybe we're missing some keys there. Yeah, you know, I said I learned something new tonight. I did not know that Campbell was also used as a hunter's medicine because of the story that I remember about the the guy who in his tribe took ayahuasca and he had the vision of the tree frog and was told that he has to use this tree frog to save his village. And that's the story I remember. And I'm like, oh, okay. But yeah, it makes perfect sense because I remember uh, when I first started my dieta uh, four months ago and shortly into it, I did a mushroom journey. And it makes sense because I believe that I was in the last, yeah, I was actually in the 12th or 13th month of my Campbell. So which, you know, I had to, you know, and so it makes sense because there was this this hunter energy that this primal energy that just came alive, and I say, like, and I was in my dinner, I was like I'm on a, I, I uh, said I'm on a medicine hunt, and I was hunting and looking and seeing what was in my body and doing this and doing this. So it's like I was hunting to really understand the the physical aspect of myself. So that makes a lot of sense what you what you just said there about the survival of, of this energy of, of these medicines and medicines especially plant medicines are built to endure 
they are built, they have been created to endure and withstand centuries as they go through this reproduction process to improve and get better with, with every step. Oh, yeah. One thing that I love about that, like, combo and the hunter, like, when I receive combo, I feel it, like, I think this is potentially aligned to what you're saying. I feel it hunting through my body, right? Like, yeah. and of course, there we have science that lets us know what's happening there that's creating that rushing. And But you can feel it moving searching where's work that needs to be done and resting so like it has this mood of hunting through us as well and it can be a really in, um unusual sensation but that's one of my favorite sensations of the combo process is that where's it gonna go i i have not felt that in my combo i did four sessions mm -hmm. and i tell you on my fourth session Anyone who knows or watched Dragon Ball Z can relate to this. So if anyone knows about Dragon Ball Z, how Gohan Goku goes all out Super Saiyan and he makes that transformation, I tell you, my last round of combo was like that. I was in the, in the forest <laughs> and I was, I screamed to beyond the top of my lungs. I was mm. driving in so much pain mm. from how the medicine was moving through. Now, and just when you think there was nothing left, it's like, oh, found something. And I tell you, I, I mean, <gasps> that you could probably hear me for about a good mile away. That's how loud I was. Mm. Well, you know that's funny that you and you and um you and Rebecca have an alignment there. That when I first met her, and not to share you know any of her stuff too much, but when I first met her, we were at a combo training, and I'll never forget that whale. She let out this. She got medicine on her and just let it out. Yeah. That, that, I've seen that several times. It's, I love that. Yeah, there's no, there's nothing like it. Uh, honestly, because it, it's, it's this, even though there was a lot of pain, there was also this this aspect of enduring. You, you know that right now in this moment, it's painful, but you know once it's done, it's going to be better. And I think this is what a lot of people who are following the trends of wellness, following the trends of plant medicine, I think this is what they hold on to is that they hold on to this, this energy of hope that, yeah, it's going to be better, it's going to be better, it's going to be better. But at the same time, there's sometimes almost like this letdown because it wasn't the hype that it that people made it to be. And I think that aspect of it can be uh, damaging to a lot of people, especially, especially if, if you're in a community where there's no true foundation for it to rest on. Well, that's, um, you could link that back to the trend thing, right? Because, um, and this is why, you know, if you look at my social media or you talk to me, like I try to be very real. You know, I, I was in Brazil <laughs> last year and I got, I got spanked. I got a cosmic bitch slap, you know, and I needed it. And I wanted to be really honest with people that sometimes what we need is to reach a new depth of self. And that requires us to go into a new shadow that we've not been in. And it doesn't 
feel great sometimes, but when we're trying to put things out to be appealing and appetizing and trendy, maybe we can sweeten the pot a little bit and then people <laughs> show up and have experiences that aren't aligned potentially with the honey pot. And then they're like, something's wrong with me. Why is something wrong with me? Why was that so bad? Or they get home and it, it feels kind of rough and they expected yeah. it to just be the, the, the thing that made everything better, but they're, you know, the medicines are here to show us ourselves. They're here yeah. to bring us so deeply into ourselves. And, you know, it's a rough game in the Western world. We got to deal with a lot more things than most of these indigenous communities that have originated a lot of these medicines do. Yeah, exactly. And you know, what's come to my mind as you speak of this, as we have this conversation, is you, and I know you've had many of these just as I have. So have you ever had a morning after the medicine and you look around your space it's like, what the hell did I do? What the hell did I express? What is like this like big old realization of what just happened in my life? You know, everything, it, it, it looks like a little bit of chaos. But in this chaotic space that was created in in the purge of getting well, mm-hmm. you begin to understand that, oh yeah, that's all my shit. I gotta own that. And so it begins to really allow for this new opening. And I think that's a part of what people want is in this newness to be to be well, yeah, to be new, but in the space of being new, there's this messiness that has to you have we have to go through the messiness of this muck, and then from there can emerge that. And I think, well, yeah, think, feel, and know, and seeing that you know, when people you know go online and they talk about their medicine journeys and experiences, some of them leave out the messy part. Oh, yeah. And I think that, and I think they're setting the expectation of why certain things trend, you know, uh, because, and I, and not sharing the story of a friend of mine, you know, and this was maybe my third year, fourth, third or fourth year doing plant medicine, and this was a, my friend. It was her first year, and you know they're going around past the Sananga, and I'm like, do I really want to do it? And by this time, I've done it maybe three times by then. I'm like, do I really want to do it? I'm like, okay, fine. And so I did it. So I knew what to expect. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. But then my friend who's never done it, they put it in her eye. And I kid you not, she was kicking and screaming and wailing like a two-year-old baby. And that's the part that we have to talk about as a society, as a culture, that yeah, things can get messy, things can be chaotic, but in that you find the organization, you find yourself to bring yourself back to whole. Because there have been, you know, my most recent ceremony, there was a moment where I was blown apart and I had to put myself back together. And and that's how it is. And so I feel, you know, enough with the trends. Follow your heart, people. It's you it's so they're always gonna speak and and this is 
you know, sometimes people will come to me, they may have interesting combo. Should I sit? If you ask me if you should sit, I'm going to say no, because you're going to know it's, you know, you're going to know when it's time. It's going to yes. talk to you. Right? <laughs> and as I go further into this journey, the, the medicines are so chatty. The plants are very chatty. And um, as we go deeper into that cave of the heart, those messages become more and more clear. And then we're able to know by just doing the litmus test of self, like yeah. Sananga is not for me right now or Sananga is. And then you don't get caught in, in experiences where maybe, maybe you don't know the power of Sananga. Maybe you don't know that there's about a million varying degrees of spiciness, you know? So like you might have one that's real easy. Maybe you order one that's real hot and then you're alone in your house getting tossed with no support because... <laughs> You just went in and it was trendy, but yeah, I think that's a great way to avoid that is, is self, the, the yeah. attunement to self and listening to the messages of self. Yeah. You know, we need, um, I don't know if there's a website out there, maybe you might know, but there should be a website where people can hire people to sit with them when they do plant medicine, if they're going mm -hmm. to do it in their home. Because I remember uh, one medicine journey, where this lady showed up from Brooklyn and she was talking about how she did ayahuasca at home in her house. And I'm like, you did what, where? It's like, yeah, I just ordered it online and they sent it to me. And I'm like, mm -mm. what? Big no. And, and, and she, and the next day she was like, this was completely different. It wasn't like when I did it at home. I'm like, well, what do you expect? Well, this is, oh boy, you know, I'm such yeah. a, yeah. I'm such a Virgo and I, and you know, the, the crone shows, the goddess shows up for me in the form of the crone. So deep inside of me is, is a kind of particular old medicine woman, right? And this yeah. is why we don't do things like this until we have a certain level of experience. And this is why back, you go back, 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 like, it's the shaman or the leader who took the medicine and then relayed the messages because yeah. they know that space. They know how to compose themselves in it. They know how to lead you. They know how if you do sit and no, you are drinking good. medicine with them and you start to go too far, how to blow soap law, whether that be tobacco or Florida water on you to immediately bring you down. And when we yeah. approach them by ourselves in an ungrounded manner maybe not yet fully in our ability to do that for self that can become a little dangerous yeah and so you know which is why you know when i started doing my day i was like am i am i okay to do this on my own and the answer came and i kept asking the answer was like yes you can do this on your own you've been sitting with medicine for all this time you know how to navigate this space yeah and, and so it's it's all and, and bottom line here people you know we can sit here all night and talk about the trends and and the dangers of following the trends or the rewards of following your path but ultimately the decisions is, is yours and what you choose to do and how you choose to follow because there's no right or wrong here. It's just really allowing the space for you to set uh, expectations of what path you choose, 
whether it's, you know, I'm going to follow the trends and see what's going to happen. And, or I'm just going to remain centered in myself and see what shows up for me, what comes to me, as you call it to you, you know? Mm -hmm. That's Ultimately, you know, if you follow the threads, even though I may have opinions or you may have opinions or we all have our unique opinions, if, if you rest in spirit, and truth, then you understand the perfection of our predicaments, whether that be our individual or the earthly or the universal. So, you know, if you follow a trend and it doesn't go as planned, ultimately I have faith in spirit and these medicines. So that may have been what you needed. Um, but I, <laughs> but I, I would like to think that responsible approaches help mitigate um, tumultuous waters as much as oh, yeah. possible because oh, we're yeah. usually trying to escape tumultuous water waters or or arm ourselves with better swimming skills uh so so you know trying to curtail having to get those cosmic slaps as much as possible <laughs> can be useful <laughs> i love that and with that being said it wouldn't be Friday night without the tune-up. <laughs> <laughs> and so as we prepare ourselves to move into this space that is ever-flowing for us, the space that is opened up for us, and my friend decided that he wanted to be a part of the show tonight. And so this is uh, my beautiful Labradorite, who had accompanied me in the journey when I received my quartz crystal uh, dragon skull. And so the, the energies uh, matched and mirrored to the wizardry of Merlin and other masterful beings and the doorway that has been opened through this because the meaning of, of Labradorite, if you guys don't know, is of um, the mastery of self, how to really move into self-mastery. And that is ultimately what tonight's talk was about, is really showing up and really moving into the space of self-mastery, knowing how to master yourself by looking here first and allowing the guidance of the many teachers you know, everything from the plants to the elements to the beings to guide you on your path to have them illuminated uh to be and i just wanted to take this time also to to give a special uh head nod to uh my crew uh who has showed up here uh so nicole thank you for your presence uh, this evening uh so thank you for that and angela thank you for your presence as well and so it's just really amazing. And thank you all for watching, for being here as we allow for this divinity of who we are to be recognized and, you know, allow ourselves to expand into, into the newness that is ever emerging as we ascend, not just in our bodies and spaces, but also the whole galaxy, the whole Milky Way is, is literally uh in the space of ascension as we are moving into the higher frequencies of the galaxy 
in this space and has been prepared ever so elegantly for us to uh, be more than what was once conceived in the thoughts and minds of humanity. You know, turning to the first mother and having the first mother guide us on her way and learning and understanding and nurturing us with this beautiful energy. And this is what we are returning to, the energy of the first mother followed uh, as the first father follows in her steps. And so just remember to honor that energy with everything that you do in every direction that you go and know that uh, there is always the mother and the father in every plant and every action, everything that we do. So just remember that as we uh, move into this beautiful energy that has been set and guided for us this evening. Mm. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just taking a nice big deep breath and let it go. And allow for these beautiful energies and entities that surround you in your daily life, seen and unseen, known and unknown, to guide you back to the center of your being, to guide you back to your heart in the space of self-mastery, the space of self-understanding, the space of self-knowing, knowing that here in our heart, in our the center of our being, we welcome you, we welcome them in this beautiful immortal light beaming from above down through our chakra system, illuminating us, illuminating us on the path of warmth and unconditional love, allowing the door of our hearts to be open to the energy of self-mastery with this illuminated immortal light, this crystalline light of the earth, of the sky, and allow this energy to dance in your heart, to sing to you, to assist you, and anchor this energy in. Allow this energy to be anchored in your actions, in your thoughts, in your emotions, and allow you to be free from the judgment of self and the judgment of others, because with the energy of unconditional love, there is no judgment. There is only sovereignty and freedom the freedom to be who you are and what you choose to be in any given moment, in any given time, because to be human is to be connected to the shape-shifting reality of self, shape-shifting energies, emotions, attitudes, <laughs> anything that governs who you are, but in the moment it comes that you are the master of that moment, you are the master of that energy. You are in a space of complete awareness and connection. Because there's no matter how the vision of the planet, of the spirit, we are all in harmony, all aspects of self, all energies and oneness of self. As we move forward in the space of the master, that's the understanding of our sovereignty. And what it truly means as the 
which I receive as a gift, or that the gift is infinite and is in the weight of the material. Thank you. 